Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode one of Nine Lives podcast. <laughs> um, really stoked to see everyone's response to the trailer. I was quite nervous posting it because, um, you know, a little bit of self-doubt going on at the moment, which I think everyone can kind of relate to. So sometimes it's hard to think, you know, yeah, I'm going to do a podcast and people are going to listen. But I'm really happy that people want to hear what I have to say. And I hope that in telling my own story, you can begin to tell yours. And I always say that, you know, I know sometimes it feels like I harp on about myself, but really and truly, I'm only doing it because I want you to see yourself in me and see the potential that you have. So I'm hoping through this podcast we can just delve a little bit deeper into some topics that I know people want me to talk about, but it's very hard to do so in short form content. So yeah, welcome. I'm very excited. Uh, I'm a bit nervous too. <laughs> so bear with me while I get used to all of this stuff. So just before I came here to the studio, I had my therapy. I have therapy every Tuesdays. Um, I have been in therapy for a few years on and off. It really, really has transformed my life, just learning about myself and learning about how my past has affected my present. And something I posted on my stories but seemed to have like quite a profound reaction with people was talking about my inner bully and how I went through a lot of bullying growing up and now... I bully myself when things go right because I do not genuinely believe that, well, I can't believe it. So if there's no negative presence in my life, I create one for myself. So the inner voice will always say, you know, you're not worthy. You can't do this. You don't deserve this. You're not a good person. No one wants to hear you talk on a podcast, <laughs> but it's all about realizing that those voices and that negative emotion is coming from a place of hurt in the past and you don't need to bring your past into your present. You can break the cycle and it's something I'm currently trying really, really hard to do is to break the cycle of those negative emotions because I tell you what, you can run as many marathons as you want and lose as much weight as you want, but if you don't fix what's going on in here, you're not going to feel good. So my focus of the last year has been very much self-improvement in mental health and that's exactly why I wanted to start this podcast because you know the conversations that I have in the dms or the little tidbits that I speak about a lot of you seem to really relate to that and I think it's nice to have or I would listen to a podcast of a, of, of a young person talking about you know just how hard it can be to deal with mental health struggles but from a place of like really trying to fix them and really trying to find ways out and creating actionable tools that are actually very useful and and help me and I hope will help you too um so I just want this podcast to be an extended conversation as such about these topics and um starting today I thought what better time to begin the podcast with starting uh talking about the biggest question that everyone always asks me which is how you started uh this journey and what was the turning point um because it's a very vast topic and it's one that is dm'd or 
message to myself a lot. And I always stare at it on my phone and I'm like, how can I conceivably fit a novel into a DM? I can't, I can't answer this because, you know, there people always ask or want to know what was the turning point or people say what flipped the switch what did it what was the time what was the the moment you know and I think that people always and myself included before I started this whole new chapter I was waiting almost from like uh, for a sign from God or some huge vast movement of the universe like you know lightning striking a tree in front of me and being like well it's it's time to start eating well like it doesn't it doesn't happen like that and in no one's life I think if you speak to anyone who has been truly to rock bottom they'll tell I mean a few people have had stories where you know they are lying on the floor in pain and they say okay today's the last day tomorrow's the first day and yeah that does happen with myself it was a prolonged period of I would say a good 10 years of really a lot of sadness and then acute really bad pain and really really bad habits for three years and then I'd say the year just before I started was I just wasn't functioning as a human being and there were a few different things that happened that all sort of created a perfect storm for me to really be able to start to turn my life around and I will preface this by saying I never planned to get this far <laughs> so I didn't sit in my room and think okay you know I'm going to lose 100 pounds I'm going to run an ultra marathon and I'm you know going to become a personal trainer like that's not what I started this journey for at all I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired I was a shell of a human being and I could barely function. I mean, I, I do find it still very hard to think back to those days because I was literally just in bed. I would literally just spend days on end in bed, uh, only getting up sort of at night to go and drink um, and then be hung over and then, you know, bad habits during the day do the same thing the cycle would repeat and I think it was like I just got to the point where I just you know I wish I could say there was a moment where I looked in the mirror and I I thought you know and I was like this is this is the moment but it really came down to the fact that I I didn't recognize myself anymore and I know that my family didn't recognize me anymore which was very painful um and my relationships with people were so strained and I just missed myself so much I missed my capability to live I was so trapped in like every way like physically mentally emotionally completely trapped in my habit cycle and it's so easy for that to become normal, those toxic cycles that you just go into them. And before you know it, it's two years later and you you look around and you think, how the fuck have I got here? Like, this is insane. What has happened? Like everything that made Cassia, Cassia, horse riding, you know, being in nature, 
being a free little freaky weirdo running about and bouncing up and down and having so much energy and annoying my parents with all of my crazy ideas and getting people together and all of this stuff I just lost all of that I lost everything that made me me and it was just by total accident <laughs> that I that I begun this journey and I knew what was holding me back was the weight but it it didn't feel like the beginning of a weight loss journey whatsoever it felt like the beginning of trying to to find myself again and try, and trying to recognize myself again um and I knew that in order to do so, I'd have to fix my habits with food and alcohol, which then resulted in weight loss. But it wasn't necessarily that I set out to be this version of myself now. That's just happened because of my lifestyle. And I mean, it was very much like I just wanted my freedom back and I wanted to feel the way I did when I was a little girl um, before I got, you know, before I started suffering from mental health problems and I was always riding horses and catching bugs and being stupid. And I, I'd lost that playfulness completely. I'd lost like any form of innocence or anything. I'd just gone very, very dark. And I'm not a dark person. I like dark imagery, but I'm not a dark person. I'm such a sunny side up kind of gal. And um, I'm pretty playful and funny. And I just lost it. Anyway, I'm waffling. So <laughs> I uh, I tried to start because I had begun therapy and we had started talking about ideal self and, and visualizing my new life and all of this stuff. I thought this isn't going to fucking work. This is such bullshit. <laughs> and I uh, ended up just kind of thinking a little bit more about what I was putting into my body um, when it came to food and alcohol. And that was a very natural thing. And it, it was very slow. The first year was very, very slow. I don't think I even really lost weight. I think I, I just was kind of trying to fix what was going on in my brain. And then lockdown happened, which was obviously devastating for many. And I feel with great privilege, I can say this, but lockdown really did change a lot for me. And I know there's a few people who will say the same, but with the pubs closing and the opportunity to become introspective once more and the opportunity to have that space in which to look inside myself without the constant hedonism and distraction of my previous lifestyle, which was out every night, club every night, pub every night, you know, wake up, God knows where, doing whatever. Um, which I, and I will tell those stories on a different episode because fucking hell, like, yeah. But when that happened, then I was able to have some space and time to really think about myself and who the hell I was and what the fuck I wanted from life. And I will say that now I, looking back, I know that removing those habits forcibly saved my life and now I know that when I coach people and teach people suggesting that perhaps we look at removing some habits can save their life too so you know say what you will about lockdown it, it helped me it gave me that space and I was able to without the distraction of pubs and boys and clubs and 
whatever else substances I was able to then settle down and I remember it just this one moment where I think me and my mum were walking in the park and me and her cut a bunch of daffodils and we walked home with them and then we cooked uh, lunch like a salad and I went upstairs and put the daffodils in like a little cup and started to do some writing and I hadn't written since before I I mean probably since I was like 14 or 15 before I started to get really bad um, and I was just writing about my feelings and what I wanted from life and what I really loved and I just remember that moment and I think I had like some jazz playing or lo-fi and I remember thinking I have not felt this still in six years I don't remember the last time I felt stillness and like peace and quiet and it was the first time that I made myself sit in it because soon after the peace and quiet came okay what have you done you know what have you done where have you ended up and that's the quiet allows those thoughts to come but the one thing about healing, and I learned the hard way, you can't go over it, you can't go under it, you can't go around it, you got to go through it. You have to go through the shit, you've got to feel the bad things that happen to you as much as it's terribly, terribly hard and terribly heartbreaking, you've got to go through it, you have to go through it. And whether that be on your own or with help, if you choose help, that is the only way of getting to the other side and finding a life that feels peaceful and right for you. And during lockdown, I was able to do that. I was able to sit in the pain and really let myself cry, in, you know, because for so long it was just, okay, I feel something, the trigger has happened, let's go and deliver and order, you know, six people's worth of food and sit and eat it or let's go out on a bender let's text my mates you know who's about tonight we're gonna do this we're gonna do that I'll have a, a fancy dress party and you know we're gonna stay up for three days and so it's the first time that I was allow allowing myself to feel things I also watched a lot of um, my favorite films from when I was a little girl like Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron and like all of these films that just had that innocence and I started to feel that innocence again and like peace again and it was like so lovely because yeah just I'd lost her for a little bit there but she's back and then I started walking which is how it all began and then I just walked every day and I went around Gunnersbury Park my local park and I walked the same loop and I looked at the trees and the plants and I was like, gosh, life life can be so fantastic and it can be so sim simple in, in it. Like you don't need this crazy hedonistic cycle. You can just really like a tree. <laughs> and it sounds so stupid, but that's really where it all began. And then from there, it just snowballed on um, little by little, the walking turned to jogging which turned to running and I just fell in love completely and utterly with the adventure of running and everything it represents and I love being little Bilbo Baggins on his little adventure with his little pack and I love doing that every morning and well not every morning whenever I'm whatever my training split is um and I love everything that represents and I love the community I've found through it and I love what it's taught me about myself but I will say it doesn't have to be running. It can just be walking. A walk in the park gives me the same feeling. Um, it, it can be anything you want. It can be ice hockey. It doesn't matter. You just need to find something that your human spirit connects to and you and you, f you feel like, okay, like 
this is human endeavor. This is me on my own deciding I'm going to do something, I'm going to get it done. And the more times you get it done and you do it and you prove to yourself you've done it, the easier that it gets to do it the next time. And then you get addicted to the feeling of how bloody capable you are of doing these things. And then you think, gosh, maybe I could run five kilometers without stopping. Maybe I could run 10. Maybe I could run a half marathon. Maybe I could run the London marathon. And like, if you told me, First of all, if you told Cassia three years ago that she'd be sat in a fucking podcast studio, she'd be like, no, because you're terrified of being on camera and you're terrified of people hearing you speak when you're sober. So no. But if you told her that she'd run London Marathon or have her own business or like what the hell's happened? Anyway, it's crazy. I'm just. But circling back to the turning point is that was kind of it, an amalgamation of all of those different things, just being sick and tired of not recognizing myself, physically and mentally, I would say, emotionally more than anything, that was the drive for me. I, I never I, I never felt I looked bad. I, and I think, I don't say that enough, but old Cassia, she looked great. And she was always very cool. And I think, I think of all, you know, I just, I think she looked great. It wasn't about that so much. I just wanted to shed what was holding me back. And it just naturally, it happened that way. And I think that's why it's been so sustainable for me because it doesn't come from a place of trying to control the way I look or being so focused on that sort of stuff because it was always about the emotional aspect. And I've always been someone who likes to do crazy daring things and tell my friends about it and tell my dad, like, you know what, I'm going to enter an Iron Man. And he's like, yeah. And then I wanted to be that person because she was always in there and that's what I was like as a little girl. I was so adventurous and I wanted her back. And I think that that was, <clears throat> lockdown was the perfect space. And, it, and, and you know, when lockdown then lifted for that summer in 2020, I went straight back into bad habits. I was both feet firmly in the wagon. Is it in the wagon? Yeah. In the wagon? No, off the wagon. Whatever. Anyway, I was drinking a lot every night and doing crazy behavior again so I just had this taste of like trying to get myself back and then I went all the way back and you know was out every night doing god knows what and being a crazy person again um but I did pull that back in and it showed that the cycle didn't have to like you know when you go off and you make mistakes it isn't an ending it's just a a chance to try again and I tried again and that was when it really, really stuck. And I was like, okay, I've had this experience of this lovely life and then I've gone back to what I used to do and it made me feel awful and so anxious and so horrible. So we're going to go back to the habits that I know make me feel good, which is walking in nature, journaling, being a little hippie <laughs> about stuff. Um, and then that was kind of, that was how it all begun. And I wish I had like a huge tale of like, I was lying on the bathroom floor and I was covered in my own blood. And I said, that's the last time, but it isn't. It was just, I just got tired of it, man. And I wanted something different. And it was a very, very slow journey. And it still is a very slow journey. I'm still on it. It never ends. But that was the turning point for me, I suppose. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, well, we don't all get 
a global pandemic, Cassia? How do I have that stillness and how do I create that space for myself where I am able to heal and able to create a space that, you know, allows me to discover myself without what is often the biggest barrier is other distractions, meaning nights out, friends, family, other obligations, work, kids, pets, funerals, weddings, you name it holidays all of that stuff and this is where the tricky part is and this is and I will say what I say to my clients about all of this stuff first of all take the pressure off yourself that would be the biggest thing take the bloody pressure off there is no such thing as quick fixes there is no such thing as a you know bikini body eight-week program this journey that you want to embark on has to be a lifestyle and it has to be a lifestyle that includes all of the things that make you happy and if something that makes you happy is going to the pub with your mates going to Ibiza with the girls going you know hanging out with your parents and cooking your delicious amazing pasta that you have every Friday with your dad whatever it is as soon as you start to believe that in order to start this journey, I have to restrict or take those things away from myself, you will fail. You have to find a way of creating health and happiness, but also having space for everything else in your life that makes you happy too, that you would necessarily not correlate with, you know, the health aspect. Health, happiness and wellness is not all about whole foods and fitness it's about community connection it's also a lot about play playfulness silliness and doing crazy things sometimes life is life and life will always life you you can't just say okay actually you know what I'm ready to heal let's press pause on absolutely everything it doesn't work that way so like for example the second time that I got started which was the real time it the world was welding again and it was harder. And I'm not going to say that it wasn't because it was because there were more people texting me saying, hey, dude, I got this ticket to this gig. Like, you should come, you know, it starts at 11pm. And I'm thinking, I've got to be up at six for my run. But I do want to see my friends. And I, I don't know how to balance this all. You have to see everything that you're trying to do for yourself as something that brings you joy. However, if we're being real, there are going to have to be short-term sacrifices for long-term goals. And this is where balance comes in. The beautiful word of balance that everyone throws around and no one really knows how to do because we're humans and we always make mistakes. But it's got to be balance. So if you're someone who wants to run a 5K and they've never run before and their lifestyle is very much you work in the city, you're out every night with the girls, you have a bottle of wine a night, whatever that is. We, you know, normal habits of city people. You may have to sacrifice two of those nights with the girls in order to be able to go for that run. Sooner or later, your brain will start switching what would be a pleasurable short-term experience for the sacrifice and the happiness of a long-term goal. And it took me about six, six, seven months for my brain to switch that over and for me to be able to make sensible decisions and trust myself to make sensible decisions in, you know what, I actually can't, I can't tonight, guys, 
but I'll see you at that festival next week, right? We had that plan for a while. That's amazing. I can't wait to see you there. And that's where healthy boundaries come in. And this is another, I mean, this could be a whole whole episode in itself, but boundaries with yourself and boundaries with other people, you have to put them in place if you want to become the person you want to be. And sometimes if you're a people pleaser like me, because I just want to make everybody happy all the time, it can feel like a dagger in your heart when you have to tell people, I actually can't, dude, you know, I actually, you know, I have a marathon to train for. Ah, you said the text message, you're like, fuck, they're going to hate me. They're not going to hate you. They're going to be like, wicked. Thanks for letting me know. That's amazing. But I'd really love to see you soon. Communication is key when it comes to all of the people in your life. Keep them in the loop with your journey. Let them know. I've made mistakes with my own for not communicating properly and going going a little bit Patrick Bateman at some points and just effing off for eight weeks and going into the pain cave, which probably do not recommend. Definitely communicate with your friends, set your healthy boundaries. You've got to really see this as like you get one old shot around this planet and humans can do incredible things. So create a space for yourself where those boundaries are in place but you're still able to have joyful moments in your journey because then if you enter into the all or nothing cycle, that's when you're going to fail because you cannot do all or nothing. You have to have give and take. And like a lot of my girls, the clients, you know, they have one BNO a month or maybe they'll have two BNOs. BNO is big night out for those who do still partake. Um, because that's absolutely fine. We're young. You have to. My goodness, you can do both. It's just all about balance. And it's about allowing yourself to create a space of stillness and calm in your lifestyle through boundaries. So that would be my best advice on starting a journey when you don't have a global pandemic to create that atmosphere. Um, And it doesn't need to be absolutely everything all the time at once on day one absolutely everything is perfect all the time all at once it can be you know okay I'm gonna like start my morning with five minutes of meditation and I'm gonna get 10k steps in a day that can be it that could literally be it for the first two weeks and I bet you anything you'll start to feel really good and you'll be like okay maybe I could go to the gym on a Sunday for 45 minutes then you add that in then you're like well it feels really good okay maybe one night with the girls I could say to the girls you know we'll do two nights a week at the pub and for one I'm gonna get an early night because I actually really want to try this thing called running so I'm gonna do that and they're gonna be like sweet we support you can't wait to come cheer you on and just little by little by little by little you're gonna create this space and this life and lifestyle for yourself where you feel really secure because it's you holding yourself to it so you feel really secure in yourself you start to feel very confident of your abilities and you start to feel really calm And I'll tell you, when you get to that calm place, you are not going to let people get in the way of it. And that's when boundaries become so much easier to set. Because I know that my calm place is the sofa at 8 p.m. with my fiance. My fiance. (laughs) Cowboy and a takeaway. Okay, that's my calm place. And it takes a lot for me to not be at that calm place at the end of what is usually stressful days for me. So those boundaries are really easy for me to set. I also know that I get an early night. I can get up early. I can go for my runs. I can work well with my clients. And that's just the life I've created for myself. And it's also about giving yourself permission to create that life as well. I think a lot of people are waiting for someone to tell them 
If you are, by the way, this is me giving you permission. You are allowed to create a lovely life for yourself and you're allowed to set boundaries. So there you go. There is your permission to start. Um, but that's what I would say on that. Yeah. But I have done a little Q&A on Instagram and I've asked you guys to ask me some questions. So we're going to answer one that pertains to what we have been talking about in episode one. And the lovely Leia says, what do you tell yourself? What do you do when you feel like giving up on a challenge? And this is something that I think we can relate back to the turning point slash beginning of a journey, which is the difference between motivation and discipline and how the two kind of dance together to create the sustainability of your new lifestyle slash whatever challenge it is you're trying for whether it be a marathon or whatever it is you're trying to do it, you know every human being will come to a place where your brain your bully in your brain is telling you that you can't do something or you should just give up you cannot do this you know it's easier to stay in bed it's nice and warm why don't you just stay here and give up on that idea entirely it's so much easier right and I will say that I know for a fact through everything that I've done that life begins on the other side of the hard thing human beings are meant to do hard things we are not meant to sit down and be comfortable all the time. And I think that our lifestyles now are very comfortable. And yes, it's good to be comfortable. We love being comfortable. I'm a very, I like my creature comforts, don't get me wrong. But a challenge to do something hard and something difficult and something that I don't think I can do just gets me going. I love it. And I love most especially doing something when someone tells me that I can't. That's a big thing because I've got a little bit of underdog syndrome. So I do, I love pushing myself when someone says that I can't do something. But I would say that when you feel like giving up on a challenge, this is where your inner voice, your inner self, you have to really tune into that positive place where you have to realize that you are your oldest and dearest friend and you have to tell yourself that you can do it because there are going to be so many outside forces and internal forces telling you that you can't do something but you've got one go at it and I really really think the brain the way that your brain works is it it works on, let's imagine the brain is like a jungle. You're going to go down the path that is most trodden, right? So if you're used to always giving up and always telling yourself, I'm a piece of, I'm going to not do this. I can't do this. I'm staying at home. I'm not doing it. Your thoughts are going to go down that path because you've been telling yourself that again and again and again. It's scary to pick up the ax and then go through the other parts of the jungle that you don't know. What do you mean I can do this? What do you mean I'm great? What do you mean that I'm capable of anything and I can run a marathon if I want to? What do you mean I can do that challenge? Your brain is going to be like, whoa, this is unfamiliar. I don't like this. You have to go down the path 
and battle your way through, even if those voices are shouting at you to stay in bed or be like, you can't do it. You're going to embarrass yourself. You're not going to do it. You have to be like, actually, I can and I will. And then when you get out the door and you do it, you're going to be like, I did it. And I know that I can do it now. And I think that it's just about getting into the habit of that positive reinforcement from yourself, which is really hard to get into, by the way, after years of self-bullying. And it's never perfect. And no one can ever do it all the time. But I truly think in all of us, there is the capability of doing just extraordinary things. And so many people go through their lives without realizing that or even tapping into like 10% of their potential. And you owe it to yourself to try. You owe it to yourself to try and tell yourself that you can try. Life is too short. You 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 gotta you gotta face up to the challenge, and you've got to you've got to learn to love the challenge and the struggle because that's where the true learning and the true self discovery lies is in the struggle. And anyone who tells you that you know these journeys and all of this healing and fitness and whatever is is easy and is pretty and is fun all the time no but it's in the suffering that you will learn the most about yourself and if you speak to any any athlete anyone who's done anything and changed their life they will tell you the same that those lonely cold rainy mornings where you didn't feel like going for that run but you know the sun rises and it's all moody and dark and it's just you against you and you go for that run and you do it and you face up to that challenge, you'll you'll learn something huge about yourself and, and, and that is that you are capable of something quite cool. And I think it's in those moments that you really change. So if you want to change, you have to not give up on the challenge. So I hope you enjoyed episode one of Nine Lives. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in I was a bunch of nerves still am a bunch of nerves doing this um it's definitely my inner critic is telling myself but I'm gonna go through it because I think this could be a lovely lovely communal space for us um that being said I would love 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 to hear your feedback and hear ideas for future episode topics for future guests anything like that so you can leave notes on Spotify you can DM me on Instagram just please like chat to me let me know what you'd like to hear um and where you'd like this to go because this is your space too um and I hope that in telling my stories you can see your own through it so yeah um but it was a good episode today we covered a lot of different topics around habit building about the turning point that doesn't exist uh connecting with your inner child which is a topic dear to my heart um and also just about the journey not being linear because it never ever is and life is always life so if you take anything away from this episode I hope that it's that you are capable of change. You truly, truly are. And it's within your reach. And it might not be as horrible and complicated as your brain is telling you it is. And you are worthy of a lovely, peaceful, still life that feels good to you and feels safe to you. And you're capable of starting that journey. And you've just got to take it one step at a time. And I hope this podcast can maybe be one of those steps and maybe in future episodes I can help you get through your different steps in life. And I hope that this can be a lovely safe space for that. Um, 
So thank you for tuning in and I will speak to you next time. Is that good? Okay. <laughs>